Hi, everyone. My name is Jordi Mueller, and thank you for joining us in October's Empower Women Series podcast.、Um, and this particular month happens to be a very, very intimate,、uh, very, very personal、um, one of Those topics that are a little different from the ones we have done in the past.、Uh, we're extremely honored to have Jody Marshan with us today、um, for a domestic violence month awareness event.、Uh, Jody herself、uh, is a survivor of domestic、uh, violence, and she will, in a second, tell us a story. But before we do that, I wanted to read to everybody the definition. Uh, according to the National Domestic Violence Association, of domestic violence. And I think this will help set up the table a little bit. So, according to the National Domestic Violence Association, domestic violence, also called intimate partner violence or domestic abuse or relationship abuse, is a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. And、um, I would probably say you agree with this, Jody. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, how are you doing today with us? I'm doing great. Thank you.、Uh, thank you for spending some time. We really, really appreciate it. Oh, happy to do it.、Um, I there's sometimes I start a podcast with a question that leads to、uh, a very deep conversation, but I really think today,、uh, if you would indulge us with your story,、uh, I think nothing sets the story、right. or the table better than that today. Okay, I will start、uh, when I. When I talk, I start with exactly what happened the day my life changed forever.、Um, February first, two thousand ten, I got home from work. I went upstairs to change into my comfy clothes. Came downstairs, poured a glass of wine, and then looked for something to have for dinner. My husband happened to be laying on the couch watching TV. I didn't say hi to him because we had had a fight over the weekend, and、um, which one of many, and so I wasn't speaking to him. And he started yelling at me、uh, about what I don't remember, and so I went into the family room and started yelling back. And the next thing you know, he got up off the couch and he started to choke me,、um, like really, really. Had me against the wall, choking me, and I thought, well, I got very scared. Needless to say, I was, and I, I, I he, he just suddenly stopped, and I think he said, "I know what I'm going to do," but I can't say for a fact that's what happened. But I called the police right away. I called nine one one, and then I immediately hung up because I knew by calling nine one one, he may right, lose a right to have guns. And he was a hunter, so he's not going to want to lose his right to bear arms or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, so I hung up right away, and in the meantime, my daughter Olivia walked in the door. She was 17 years old, senior in high school, happy, happy because she was going to be getting out of school to go on an internship, and she was going to bake cookies or something that she knew I liked. And I said, "No, we got to get out of here." Because I mean, you know, I was very afraid. So I went upstairs to change to get into my clothes, and the police called back, and my daughter said, "No,、um, we're fine. You know, everything. We're we're okay. We're just going to get out." And I went upstairs. She, I mean, I was already upstairs changing. She came upstairs and was waiting for me, leaning against the bureau as I changed. And upstairs came my husband,、um, and he had a gun in his hand. 
and he shot and killed my daughter, Olivia. Um, then he, I turned to go towards her, and the bullet grazed across my face, and he shot me again, though, this time as I was heading towards her, and a bullet went into my left temple, completely shattered my jaw, and now sits in my right shoulder. And then he killed himself. Um, extremely powerful story. Um, I think uh, there's so much to talk about that. And um, I, the one thing I want to also bring to this conversation is how pervasive in our society domestic violence is and domestic abuse. And um, as preparing for this podcast uh, and listening to your story, the first thing when you start searching is there's so many stories like this. And uh, it's not just sad, it's, it gives anger. It's like you want to do something about it. Um, uh, and just to throw some numbers out there, uh, there's one of one in every four women in the United States suffers for from some kind of uh, physical violence or intimate contact sexual violence or intimate partner stalking. That's 25% of women in the United States. Uh, in Massachusetts alone, it's around 25% of men as well suffer from this, and around 50% of women. Um, I, I want to. I, I, I know your purpose in life has changed, mm. and now you're doing a lot to not just prevent but to create peace around you. I've seen that. Um, well, I mean, I'm here. Yeah. If I if I could switch places with my daughter, I would give anything. I, it's she had her whole life ahead of her and you know when you talk the numbers there's no numbers about emotional abuse which is was my personal experience which is what I believe is so uh, such a huge problem for so many victims and again I say women because that's what I I hear about and it's what you know uh, unfortunately my personal story but you know people just they assume if you're being hit, you would just walk out the door, or uh, they assume uh, domestic violence is all about physical abuse. But what people don't know is that it's much more. It's about power and control, and whether it's control over money, control over who you know your friends are, or you know if you work or you don't work, um, you know, control over everything. Um. <laughs> having conversations with the people after the event today that got to listen to you uh, one of the stories that came up that you are really focusing on is on an, um, the generational impact that this has um, how you when you see it at home it translates to you and then maybe to your kids as what the normal or the standard is and people sometimes don't realize that um, I don't know if you want to expand a little bit on this particular topic of how much impact this has in youth since the beginning. Um, well, when you say that, do you mean um, because it's become more common, or do you mean how I explained it to the kids? Um, no, it, it, I, I guess I was trying to to get to a little bit of the concept that it's something inherited in some in somebody's home sometimes. Okay. Yes. And because you see it as normal, it becomes your normal, okay. and then so on. Absolutely. Um, 
well, I believe, and I, I can speak from personal experience, I believe it goes from generation to generation. I, I, I personally believe that my mother was a victim of emotional abuse. Um, I know she was. Uh, my father uh, was... He, everyone loved him, and and but yet he he didn't, you know, because he was like the great guy that that helped out everyone. But yet he wasn't available to my mother. Um, as my husband was known as Mister Fun Guy, social guy, everyone loved him, but they weren't aware of what was happening. And I had I had fallen in love with a guy who was like my dad in very many ways, good and bad. And then I saw that my daughter had also had a serious relationship with a boy that um, had control over her. I heard a story later that um, one of her friends told me Olivia had had been out somewhere that a local place fishing, and um, the kids hung out some water hole in, in town, and and they were so happy to see her because she had a boyfriend and they never saw her anymore. And they were so excited. And the next thing you know, her boyfriend pulled up on his whatever, some motorcycle, whatever you want to call it. And and she said, see you later. She had to go. And I talk about how she had a semester in high school where she was late 17 times or something in one semester. And it's because she was every day going to her boyfriend's house to make sure he got up out of bed and went to school. Mm. And, you know, that's right there is a sign. It's not it's not your responsibility to make sure your boyfriend goes to school. It's his responsibility. But you know what? She grew up in it. So what's normal to her is not okay. Yeah. And so I, my goal is to speak to young people. And I say younger and younger, the better. So, um, so maybe this is a good transition to what you're doing today, uh, which is a lot of this, speaking to a lot of people about this particular cause, bringing it to attention. Of course, October is Domestic Awareness Month for domestic violence. Sorry, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Yeah. So it's in everybody's top of mind. But this happens every month, right? Yes. And, and you have definitely put a focus on the youth, like talking to younger and younger and younger if possible. Um, can you tell us a little bit of what the organization that you founded, Life for Live, is all about? Would, uh, yes, our foundation is, um, well, it's hard to narrow it down. There's so much help needed in our society. So our goal is is to, number one, um, you know, as I'm speaking today, it's made people more aware of the problem because no one wants to talk about it. No one. And I'm talking like no it should one. be talked <laughs> about on TV. And I can't, you know, it's not happening. Um, and then our goal is to maybe help someone that if they need uh, help getting into a place and getting out. Because, you know, very often the abusive person wants control of the money. So how are you able to get out if you don't have any money? Uh, I just listened to that story about your talk today about how helping with the first month rent or a couple of months rent. Uh, right. The first week we is right. uh, the toothpaste and toothbrushes, like whatever it is that just makes that person take that leap. 
Right. And, and, I, and get out of the situation. I do think if maybe, um, I think once, if I could have just got out the door, I, 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 the relief I would have felt, I would have made it work financially. I, you know, I just, I, I really feel that. So I really, uh, Live for Live is, is hoping um, to help that way. Uh, you know, so someone can get out. Also, we hope to, we, we are p- putting money away for uh, transitional housing. Because think, if you have to run out the door with nothing, literally nothing, and so you have to be in a shelter, how are you going to go get a job now? If your husband didn't allow you to work, or wife, um, if they didn't allow you to work, how are you going to go get a job? You know, I mean, that's the way it is. Yeah. So they, these people need to be in housing so they can either help find a job or maybe take some classes or something or help them get a license. You know, I mean. And in a, and just to everybody listening, just like usual, we will put a lot of resources, uh, available in our podcast and our website uh, event notes so everybody can go and, and find those um, the the one thing I, I want to make sure that we cover is that uh, how pervasive this is like I, I want to come back to that point it, it's you mentioned it it's not on the news it's I was talking to Andrea a person that helps us uh, putting this podcast together before the show and and it's kind of like when we see a headline about somebody disappearing or something happening we already know oh it must be the boyfriend it must be the husband but it, we just take it off it's just part of normality <laughs> and and it's shooting oh. and um so i don't know if you can comment to that a little bit well i mean the fact well here's the thing that i can't get over is that you know you'll hear about a football player i remember this there was a football player i don't know who it was but <laughs> me neither i don't follow football I, so <laughs> but i do remember the story he, he was with his now wife uh, and they showed a, a they were in an elevator oh yes remember that and he knocked her out yes literally knocked her out yes and so you saw that on tv for for a little while because he was on a football team but that's it. Then that's it. It's over. And and so even even I, you know we have a thing once a year in Westford uh, where we try to gather the town together to have like whether it's a candlelight vigil or we've had kids um, do a uh, a play mm-hmm. uh, you know the drama club regarding domestic violence. Let me tell you, it doesn't have a good turnout. It's not a happy subject, but you know what? It's happening, and I'm getting myself into more and more uh, community things that I can speak at. It's it, I'm determined. <laughs> I can see it I'm in your determined. eyes. <laughs> I can see it in your. If you would see her right now, guys, you would you could see it. Well, I'm happy but, to say I spoke at a couple of things in Boston last year, so I, I felt well. I'm finally truly getting my name out there. I just. Hope people will remember that that's what I'm here for. Um, one of the topics I wanted to cover today as well is, and, and this is a tough question to ask because um, it's different for everybody. There is no really a precise point where things just turn to the wrong side or like it's really hard. But there's definitely some areas that I've seen in the, some of the handouts you gave 
of, of certain power and control. And, and maybe we can bring some of those to light to people because not everything is emotional and not everything is violent. Right. right. And, and that's kind of like where your, our brain goes first when it comes to domestic uh, abuse. Uh, you talk about economic abuse. I saw you in one of the videos talking about when it can happen in any type of housing or household. And uh, you can think they're okay, but the only money the women gets is to get groceries and that's it. So she's 100% attached to that household. Um, so I don't know if you could maybe expand on that. Well, you know, I, I try to talk. Everybody's situation is different. Okay, so what happened to me may not be happening to someone else, but it, but it doesn't mean it's not part of the wheel you know I call it the, like a pie power control is in the middle and then there's various forms of abuse and and they can be financial where the um, abuser has control of all the money it, it's physical as we know yeah but there's other ways that aren't maybe so obvious let's say um, they very often um, they want to control every dollar you spend. You know, I mean, um, I use examples like when I go shopping, I had to make sure I took a price tag off of every piece of clothing I brought home. Um, when um, I wanted, he was drinking and that for, at a party we were at, and I wanted to drive home. There was he was not going to have it. He wanted control over the fact that you know he was going to drive, and then. Of course, he ended up uh, getting us in an accident. Um, other forms of control are just, you know, it can be, as I mentioned earlier, you, you're not allowed to drive. You're not allowed to get a job. You're not even allowed to have friends over, you know. So, um, and it's hard to, because, you know, what do you do? Go to the police station and say, um, you know, my husband threatened to kill me? Well, how do I prove that? Or, you know, my husband won't let me have money for groceries. You know, and there's a little more awareness as far as, you know, I think things are talked about maybe a little more in, in, in the police station. So I don't want to say they're all like that where it's, you know, they're not taking what's happening seriously. But let me tell you, I was talking to someone the other day and, and they're going through a divorce or they are separated right now. And he's not happy financially. He's concerned. And he has basically said, if, um, if this happens, I'll shoot you or, you know, and people take it as, um, not a real threat, right? Like another, uh, yeah. my husband had been married once before. And of course there was a whole big financial issue and he was very bitter about, uh, the child support he paid about this, you know, the stuff she, yeah. she had got. And he always said, I will never get divorced again. And here I am. He didn't get divorced. So I, 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 tell, I tell people, you must seriously listen to what is being said, because that's not normal to say that. It's not okay. You know, when I met my husband and um, he wanted, you know, we were dating and he wanted to get more serious, you know, take it to that next level, you know, where we were just dating each other. And he asked if I was dating anyone and I was dating anyone or maybe one other guy. And, and he said, well, if, we're, if you're going to date other people, then let's just call it quits. And I was thinking he's crazy about me. But you know what it was? No. 
He's saying, if it's not my way, it's the highway. Yeah. Not let's talk about it. I really like you. Yeah. And and that was the beginning. So so yeah, and and that is in your particular case, right? Like that's, right. Now I guess on hindsight, that's where you. Oh, there's a million yeah. of them. You know what I mean? And uh, but then uh, there's also people where where the personal be couldn't be nicer. They're like the boyfriend made in heaven. They get married the day they're married. He wants control and is abusive. So yes, every situation is different, but but not really. Do you know what I mean? It they have all, the same patterns. It's all boiling down to power and control. So um, so I guess I'll start. I'll, I will skip the question of at what point you should start realizing and move <laughs> on to the next one. Um, I. Uh, now this is the part where people listening might be saying, "Okay, I identify with a lot of stuff you're you're saying. <laughs> what do I do? Uh, where do I go? Um, I know you have an organization, but there's there can be thousands of people listening. And what's what would you say? It's the first step. I would say that there are services out there, um, and they would either they could. Go to the Live for Live, found, you know, dot yep. org. Mm-hmm. Number that would be one way to do it to get onto our website. They could get onto a um, look up a local shelter in their area. The thing is, you can call. There's a uh, there's a group called DVSN, Domestic Violence Services Network. They they have people trained so that if you were to call them and talk, just talk to them. And maybe they could help you, give you a direction to take. You know what I mean? You just need, that's your first step. Call someone. You know, there's, uh, there's, if you were to look online, you'll see the number of various places. Uh, Safe havens, uh, you know, there's, um, there's a place in Newburyport. Um, There's Alternative House in Lowell. I mean, call your local police station. At Westford, then, after everything happened, there was a woman who was shot and killed two weeks prior to me in Westford. So needless to say, uh, there was a there's a group there called the Westford Coalition for Nonviolence uh, trying to help also with, you know, letting it be known out there what's going on. And also, um, you know, if you were to call the police, they're trained in a lot yeah. of these towns. That's I, I wanted to add that like well, sometimes we don't think of that, you know, like that you you might think you're in such a special situation that that people are not gonna know how to respond to your demands. Right. Um, but it's completely the opposite. This is these places are full of professionals. That if you call the right place, and there are some right places. I mean, I, I definitely encourage the hotline for right. uh, yeah. domestic violence. We were just talking about it. That there's a little message that comes on the website when you go to it that says, "Hey, just so you know, if somebody is tracking your history on your browser, exactly, make sure you delete this." Even that warning is there. It's which um, is great because that's yeah. how that's how much control they want. Exactly, they want to know. Yeah where you've been on on the computer yeah um, or your phone so you gave everybody today a, a little chopstick um, let me pull it out I have okay. it right here um, so it's basically called here it is 
So it's called the Bitch Sticks. <laughs> and um, <laughs> tell us about it. Well, actually, I can't take credit for that. Oh, okay. It was actually the group that I spoke at okay. that provided that. And um, But it is uh, money that's going to domestic violence to help. Okay, Victims. so we're definitely gonna uh, give a shout out to the organization and yeah, put it absolutely. on. Absolutely. And uh, we're probably gonna use it in some meetings here. <laughs> as a secondary thing. <laughs> there yeah. you go. And um, I, I, there's so much more we can talk about this. Oh. I mean, your story is amazing, and uh, I think you're inspiring people to not just come out, but to be self-aware of their current situations and uh, if you and be aware of their friendships as well uh, we this is the part that I, I guess I could add to this podcast we see this sometimes and we mm. need to speak out to uh, the people that are observing and are witnessing because uh, it is our, our place to do something uh, when we see something well that's why it's so important for, for me to be able to speak because there is still so much assumption that it's physical. If you don't see a bruise, you think everything's okay. And it's so not the case. I was not being hit. If I had called 911, my husband's guns, you know, would have been taken away. The th- but um, that's why I need to talk about the signs of emotional abuse because you may be seeing that in a in a in a coworker, a friend, um, you know, a relative, you know, that you that's why it needs to be talked about. So you know what those signs are. Yeah. And it's why I wanted to speak to kids, because when their friend says the boyfriend has texted them fifteen times in fifteen minutes, there's a problem. Yeah. Hmm. There's a problem. Well, um, <laughs> thank you for your time. Uh, I cannot thank you enough for just not speaking in front of the crowd today, but spending the time in the podcast. I know it's time of your day. Oh, uh, thank you. Please. I, I tell the people I spoke at today, if they know, I, I want to get in every school that I can. And, I, and, and at some point, hopefully they'll let me get to younger grades because if you're growing up in it, you need to know what the signs are. Maybe if someone had said to me, Here's some signs I would have known enough to get out. Hmm. Um, uh, this is the only thing I'm going to keep normal from other podcasts. Uh, we tend to recommend a book or two or something that uh, that you just want to pass along. Uh, is there any, any book that you recommend? I actually brought one today that okay. I will recommend on this topic, um, but I'll, I'll wait for yours. Oh, boy. Um, oh, my gosh. There are so many, and um, I would say, you know, I can't, I, right I'll now start. I'm in how a, start how about with that? Mine. I'm trying to think if I, I, I can't say I've actually read a whole book, I, but I have, <laughs> I have, there is so much, I have so much articles, so many articles I've saved from various, from magazines, from online, go online and, and I've printed out stuff. Um, there is a lot of literature yeah. out there, really. So, um, the, the the book I want to recommend everybody to read is called The Power by Naomi Alderman, and um, this this book came out a couple of years ago, and uh, it was uh, on President Obama's favorite rates for 2017. And the reason why is I think really impactful in this particular topic is it makes men also aware of the power struggle that happens today in households and different situations. And in this particular book, women start developing the ability to electrocute people. 
uh, randomly. Right. So they can actually now literally kill. Oh. And that changes the power struggle in many of the situations. Ah. So in other words, the so, victim kills... Well, is that what you're the saying? victim in, in our current society, which it, women tend to be more victims of domestic abuse right. right now. Right. Now those suddenly have the ability to, in that moment of that action happening, just electrocute the person and kill them. So everything changes. Right, right. <laughs> and it changes across society and it changes how you treat women and it it's just completely cool. different. And um, I definitely highly recommend it because it opens the eyes to some of the stuff that we don't think about in society. Right, right. right. Um, but um, I, if, if you ever come with one book, uh, just don't worry. We'll put it on the notes oh, so we can talk about me. it. I, I have them plenty. at home. I just yeah. uh, <laughs> You're blanking know. right now. It's okay. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I might have, uh, have one uh, that I recommended. <laughs> but um, I really appreciate your time. And um, for for everybody listening, we're going to put uh, uh, Live for Live uh, or the organization's information right on the notes, right on our website so you can go support, donate, and become part of all this uh, message that Jody is trying to uh, pass along. I cannot thank you enough because any donation, it's going to places that need it. And, and, you know, whether it's, you know, helping us to provide housing or give to a local shelter for, you know, for your basic toothpaste, toothbrush, you know, hairbrush and comb, you know, there's just, we also give scholarships every year to kids that graduate from the high school my daughter went to and would have graduated from that year. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, until next time, this is the Empowering Women series and hope you have a great day.